Stay Doomed is part of the IWEP Podcast Network. Good evening, Grave Robbers, and welcome back to the Television Graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Print and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we will analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. You wouldn't kill me. You wouldn't risk the haunting. Welcome to Turn Up Charlie. Turn Up a Charlie. 2019 Netflix show. Yes, I went on Netflix and was like, hey, let's look up some Netflix shows that ran one season. And we decided on this one. And um, you're going to see how we feel. Yeah. You're going to figure it out. So let's start by pouring one out. Laura, what do you have? Uh, I have uh, a Gabs. I have an orange juice and grenadine that is meant to look like a tequila sunrise, but is in fact completely non-alcoholic because a bartender in one episode tricks Gabs into thinking she's drinking. Yes. Very nice. I'm sure it's delicious because it looks delicious. It's tequila sunrise with no alcohol in it. So. Did it have a candy garnish? It did have a candy garnish. As usual, I ate it during the mic check. That makes sense. What do you have? Uh, I have a beer that I put some molly into. Because something's got to get me through this. So there's molly in this. It's not molly. <laughs> I didn't actually put Molly in it. I was wondering if you did put something. I did. I put tequila in it. Here we go. No. Oh, no. 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 That's terrible. (laughs) That's really terrible. I'm pretty sure that beer has been in our fridge for an extremely long time. It has. It has. So I don't know if it's that the beer is bad or that putting tequila in beer is bad or yes to both. Yes to both. Lots of bad things. Really bad things. Bad things. Really bad things. So everyone's interested in what we think about this show. Uh, The show stars Idris Elba. Yes. Uh, Who is a DJ, right? He is a DJ in real life, and he co-created the show. Yes. And uh, 2019, clearly a rough year for Idris Elba between this and Cats. Yeah, that's rough. I was like, oh, we'll watch like... A fun sitcom. Yeah. This is not a sitcom, as it turns out. It is a single camel... Camel. There's one camel in this whole thing. Uh, (laughs) This is a single camera dramedy. And it doesn't really nail the comedy. And it doesn't really nail the drama. And it doesn't really nail being a show. (laughs) You're, You're 100% right. But let's see how we let's see how we feel about this show. So, we kind of set up that Charlie is living with his friend Dell and his auntie Lydia. And they kind of live in squalor. Yes. And they're they're broke. Mhm. Uh Lydia wants money for the electricity, Charlie doesn't have it. Yeah, this is in my opinion the first failing. Yeah. Because at no point does it look like Aunt Lydia is older than Charlie. 
So it did not click to me that this was supposed to be not just his aunt, the aunt that raised him as a child. Yeah, she looks fantastic. Like, And I understand, like, you know, some people look good for their age and stuff like that. But this woman is supposed to be 30 years older than this man? Yeah, like, she's supposed to be old enough that she would have logically been able to raise him. How old is Elba? Uh... He is seven years older than the actress who plays Lydia. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's already a problem. But how old is he? Uh, he is 49. He's 49. Because I think his character has to be older than that. Because his character had a hit song in the 80s. 90s. Was it the 90s? He says 97. Because in my opinion, he looks like he's in his 50s in this. Like, he has gray in his beard. Like, they're not trying to make him look young in this. So, that would mean that this woman that is playing his aunt would be 70? Even if we had her be the mother's younger sister and say she was in her early to mid-20s raising him, she should still be at least 60. Yeah. That, like, so immediately... I'm just confused. Like, I know they say... The actress is 42. I know they say that she is his aunt, but, like, visually, it doesn't compute for me. So I just threw out that information and was like, oh, they're roommates. Yeah, like, the actress playing Auntie Lydia is younger than the actress playing Sarah. Yeah. Charlie has a gig at a wedding. It's Mm -hmm. for a friend who we never see again. Uh, We never see whoever's wedding this is again. No. And uh, they're also friends with a movie star named David. Yes. And they're all happy to see David. David has just moved back to London from LA. Yes. Because he's going to be doing a play in London. Yes. And Alicia is Charlie's ex and she is also there. Right. Uh, I assumed Alicia would be a larger role. Nope. (laughs) We see her in photographs after this. We do see her once. Do we? Once. All right. Um, And David leaves early because he's famous and he's very busy. A pretty woman meets Charlie's eyes and then uh, they have an argument making out in his apartment because she wants a Spotify sexy playlist. Mm-hmm. And he wants to like DJ their yes. Uh, he because it's got to be physical media. I totally get this because I used to be a DJ. Yeah, I used to do like bar mitzvahs and weddings and stuff like that. <laughs> I was a, a DJ assistant. I wasn't like in charge. It was my job to get everyone to do the cupid shuffle. Oh my god! But the dude that I did it with was always like that because every single gig that we had. There was a part in the middle of the drive where he would lecture me about how good mini disc is. Oh my god. Do you know what a mini disc is? I do, but I bet a number of our listeners do not. It's a tiny CD that's like inside a floppy disk. And he only believed in mini disc. So his car had his mini disc player. He only used mini disc to to play music, but it's an outdated like medium so he didn't have any of today's music it was terrible i mean it would have been in production still when you were djing but they went out of production in 2013 yeah like it would have but it was never the most pop it lost to cd cds 
Yes, of course it did. It lost the CDs horribly. Um, so they're doing the, uh, they're, they're hooking up. And then we realize, like, Auntie Lydia comes in, knows yes. the young woman. Yes. And she's like, oh, Little Dawn. Yes. And they realized Dell was in there the whole time. Yeah, and he's like, friend, I'm not looking. His friend Dell was just sitting in a chair, which get like a big laugh out of me and filled me with hope for this show. Uh, I recognized Dell because uh, he is in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's in, uh, he's Bashir in Four Weddings and a Funeral in the uh, recent Hulu version of it uh, that I actually pitched for doing for the podcast. But I think uh, for a lot of the same reasons as this show, we're not going to do anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> I know he's a big guy on uh, QI and Big Fat Quiz. If yeah, I think he was well. in the Big Fat Quiz show of this last year. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure he was. Uh, he's very funny. Uh, not in this, though. <laughs> no one's funny in this. So uh, David asks Charlie to come over and Charlie comes over the next day. And he sees a beautiful DJ studio. And we find out that uh, David's wife is a famous DJ named Sarah Crane. Yes. And then we see a woman chasing a child through the home. The young, the child hides in the studio and kind of like puts her finger to her lips and asks uh, Charlie not to rat on her. Right. So when the woman comes in and goes, have you seen a little girl? Charlie's like, no. no. <laughs> and it turns out that uh, Gabrielle has taken uh, this woman who is her former nanny's vibrator. What is happening here? Does the nanny live there? Uh, probably. Because <laughs> I was like, is she masturbating on the job? Uh, she probably lives there. Nannies are more often than not live-in positions. Right. Like, I was just... They needed to establish that. So it wasn't just, you know, oh, this is just one of those women that, you know, has a vibrator in her purse. No, I, I'm almost positive that it was a live-in situation because they are extremely wealthy and they would afford... They're, and they're also extremely uh, neglectful parents, so they'd probably yeah. have a live-in. Yes. The vibrator ends up being carried by a dog. And then another actually decent line... When did we get a dog? Yeah, here's the thing. We never see the dog they again. They didn't, I guess, because that dog is never seen again. And, like, I want to point this out because this is, like, a cliche in bad comedy. There is a joke where it's like, if a show isn't that funny, include a shot of a dog going, huh? <laughs> And I saw that and I thought of that and I was like, ooh, that's a bad omen. And pay attention to the animals. The animals, like hurricanes, can sense a bad show before we can. But let's see what we think of this show. (laughs) So, uh, Charlie's talking to Gabs and her mother, Sarah. And Sarah is, like, not judgy about uh, Charlie's lack of success because he said he had a gig at a wedding. and And Gabs goes... Mom's doing that thing that all successful women do, discrediting everything that she's achieved to make you feel less bad about yourself. Yes. And that's like a better establishing moment for Gabs of this brutal, um, wise beyond her years honesty, Mm. which is what I think they want to set up with her. Yes. And then after their nanny quits in a rage, 
uh, Sara and David, her parents, are talking. Yeah. And Gabrielle turns to Charlie and says, like, they're going to make me feel guilty, uh, but my dad will go easy on me. Watch. And Charlie wants to leave because why wouldn't you? Why will you? Why are you still here? <laughs> and uh, Gabs then plays David like a fiddle. Yes. She claims she stole it because of her own emerging sexual intrigue. Yeah, and that's enough to make him be like, I'm out. Yeah, because he's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And David is like, okay, we're going to go shopping, Gab. Charlie, why don't you come with us? So they go shopping. And while this little girl's in the dressing room, David gets a call that he has to go to an audition and leaves. Yes. He needs to go to an audition. He's already in a play, though, right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's his own audition or if it's he has to go audition actresses for Stella or Blanche. I don't understand what's going on with David until episode five. And when I realize that he's in Streetcar, my brain explodes. But we'll wait until episode five for me to really get into that. So David leaves for an audition and he leaves his daughter with a man she has met once. Yes. Charlie can immediately tell that, like, it really bothers her that her father left her with a stranger. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Charlie, like, takes Gab around the Camden stables, and they they kind of just walk around and have a nice afternoon together. They take selfies in front of a billboard with her father's face on it. Yeah, the idea is here is Charlie is taking Gabby around where him and her father used to hang out as kids. Yes. So this is kind of the first time that Gabby is learning about her own dad because his dad, her dad's always doing like movies. So like, this is kind of an enjoyable situation because she's she's learning about her dad. And she's also hearing like the real version. Yeah. They're running from the cops and stuff. Because there's the version of your parents' childhood they tell you. And then there's the version that the other people who were in their lives when they were young tell you. Mm -hmm. It's less flattering to them. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, he's a loser in school who got the hiccups every time he talked to a girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, Charlie then brings Sara, or excuse me, Charlie brings Gab home. Sara is working in her studio, and she is pissed that David left her. Mm-hmm. As she should be. And she forces Charlie to take some money, and Charlie does finally leave. Gabs tries to do a little fashion show about the clothes she bought while she was with Charlie. Mm-hmm. And Sara ignores her. Yeah. And then later that night, Gabs is in her room in bed. And David and Sara, David comes in and gives her something. And it's a little choker with like a little heart-shaped Union Jack charm on it. Yes. She awkwardly thanks him. It's not really the style. She, she's had like a unisex, ironic hipster style. Mm-hmm. And this looks very 1998 at Claire's. Yes. Like, I owned this choker. Mm-hmm. And she just puts it in a drawer full of other like, similar, similar boxes. Similar boxes. This was great show, not tell. Yeah. Like, the, and it also includes, like, this, her dad is kind of forcing on her, you love England. I know I pulled you out of school in L.A., but you love England because this necklace says so. I thought this was, like, good work here. Yeah, like, so Charlie's phone rings at home, and Dave, it's David. He wants to talk. Sara wants to talk to him about her job, and Charlie's really excited because Charlie, Sara's a famous DJ. Charlie wants to be a famous DJ. Yeah. Charlie comes over, 
and finds out they want him to be a nanny and they just openly discuss it in front of Gabs. Yes. And Gabs then goes, I'm going to make you quit. Pulls out a lighter and goes, where should we start? She pulls out a blowtorch. Yeah. Like, it's a creme brulee, brulee blowtorch. It's torch, a kitchen torch, yeah. It's a butane. But it's still a butane blowtorch. And I was like, what happened to the show? And then it ends. Like, this this whole time set up this, like, dramedy, kind of, like, Rent-esque, uh, like, these are people struggling for their dreams type thing. And then in the last two minutes, it became Problem Child. Yeah. It's like, Wait a minute. This is not what I've been sold. That's episode one. All right. That's just episode one. All right. Let's see what we think of the rest of the show. Okay. Episode two. We established Charlie's relationship with his parents. He's on a Skype call with them and he has a fake background and is implying he's wearing a suit. He's implying that he works for a music label as an executive. Yeah. How is business? Everybody at the label so happy about it. Hold on a minute. What is it? What did I say to you? Not now, I'm on the phone. Who is it? Excuse me, Mom. Yeah, he's got like a gold record behind him. And he like pretends to talk to people over the Skype of like, hey, not now. Uh, yeah. Tell him I'll call him back. Yeah, I'm with my parents. And uh, he hasn't told them about breaking up with Alicia. Yes. And he gives them money because they need a new car and a new stove. Yes. But he doesn't really because he doesn't have money. And it turns out Aunt Lydia is paying to help his lie. No one's motivations make sense here. We find out later that he gives them all of his residuals from his pop song. Mm -hmm. But we don't know that yet. Okay. Uh, But that's where he finds the money. Um, My next... I don't know what the context here, but my next note is David and Sarah are just the worst. Oh, they want to go to a party. Gabs wants to go and uh, Charlie uh, has to go to look after her. That's the the, uh, compromise. Well, it's also so Charlie, because Charlie's not really a nanny. He wants to go smooth. Yeah. So like he's using being a nanny to get into this elite party. And... Sara is working the party. Like, she does have a set. But there's not really a reason David has to go. No. But as soon as they get there, she he ditches them. Yeah. So he can talk to somebody. Yeah. And David is the least established character in this. Like, we don't understand any of the things he's doing ever. Charlie goes like, Gabs, we're friends. And she goes, it's not real friendship if my parents are paying you. Mm -hmm. Which is right. Like, it's gone from Uncle Charlie, somebody who she, like, can be... Because we actually see her in a later episode gets a gift from Aunt Astrid. Yes. Who's another character we'll meet a little later. And genuinely happy with the gift, and we see her use the gift. Because it's an adult who is not... Friendly to Gabs because she's being paid to be friendly to Gabs. Right. Astrid's also on her parents' payroll, but not directly related to Gabs. Yeah. So I keep calling her Gabs because that's what they call her in the show. Mm -hmm. They call her Gabrielle in the first episode and then Gabs for the rest of the show. For the rest of the show, yeah. And Charlie immediately gets starstruck and loses Gabs. Yeah. And the bartender... He finds Gabs sitting with a female bartender feeding her drinks. Yeah, like, try this one. It's a screwdriver. 
Yeah. And and Gabs is trying to sound smart. She goes things like, needs more vodka, mm-hmm. which is the name of my cocktail. Needs more vodka. Needs more vodka. And Charlie is fairly rightfully horrified. Mm-hmm. Gabs runs off and the bartender's like, there were no alcohol in any of those drinks. You have to treat her like an adult and she'll act like an adult. Yeah. Because the bartender was having no problems with Gabs. Mm-hmm. Because she was letting Gabs think she was being a grown-up. Yeah. Um, then Gabs gets caught rolling joints for somebody. <laughs> yeah, now she's actually playing with drugs. Charlie grabs her and they go. They, they start dancing. And he sees this DJ he wants to talk to. And Gabs talks to him. And then Charlie... Embarrasses Charlie. Yeah. He's like, this is my nanny now, even though he had a song. Which, again, what is that called? Spread the love? Spread love, I Spread think. Spread love. Sorry. And uh, Charlie says, like, look, being bitchy isn't cute. Mm-hmm. And Gabs was like, he's not... My mom's not going to have time to work with you, Charlie. She doesn't have time for me. And then during her mom's DJ set... Uh, Gab sets off the fire, ex- like pulls the fire extinguisher off the wall. And just sprays. And sprays foam into the crowd. Yeah, makes a foam party. Which, let's be real, at an actual rave would have affected nothing. <laughs> Everyone would be like, oh, I guess this is happening. This now. isn't really a rave, though. <laughs> this is supposed to be like a hot, like, this is supposed to be more of like a VIP party. True, true. Everyone's dress probably costs more than my car. Right. Um, so Sara is pissed, leaves the stage, and they tell Charlie to take Gabs home. And Charlie takes her to his house. Yes. And I don't know why. <laughs> and they're, they're having this conversation about, like, how Gabs is like a monster when Gabs goes to the bathroom to wash her hands. And... All I can think, like, Charlie, Auntie Lydia, because uh, they're kind of just talking about how, like, rude Gabs is. Mm-hmm. Gabs hears it, and all I can have is this note of every adult in this child's life has failed her. Yeah. So, at this point, every person is terrible. Yeah. Like, Gabs is annoying and bitchy and, like, selfish. Sarah is selfish. All she does is work and, like, ignore her daughter. Uh, David is selfish, only cares about his career, ignores his daughter. Charlie is selfish. He's living a life of lies and is only using this nanny gig with Gabby to try to get into Sarah's uh, studio. Everyone is terrible. Gabs is the only one that they've planted the seed of like, here's why it's kind of tragic. Mm -hmm. Everyone else just sucks. Yeah. Enjoy the show. Gabs is rude to Aunt Lydia. Like, they talk about they're eating fufu. Uh, yes. And Gabs goes, that's what I call my vagina. And... Lol. Yeah, like... Uh, Charlie then is like, I quit. Because then what happens is... Gabs unloads on Charlie. And yes. says all of this monstrous stuff. No. Agreeing to be my nanny was a big mistake. My parents will never see you more than a loser old school friend. Dad said that you wasted all of your fortune on women and drugs and that you're a one-hit wander clinging to former glory. And uh, it basically breaks his heart because 
David was his best friend growing up, and that's how David sees him now. Yeah. And so he's just like, all right, we're done. And he drops her off, doesn't even walk her to the door, doesn't care if she gets eaten by one of those London mountain lions on her way to the door. Well, that's a whodunit callback. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, like, her parents question her, like, you know, what happened? And Sarah's like, what did you say? And Well, there's a great line when Gabs comes in. Yeah. Of Sarah trying to smooth things over after the party. Well, get them tickets to David's play. Uh, fine then, get them something they'd like. I missed that. <laughs> and Gabs then tells David and Sarah, Charlie's not her nanny anymore. And they're like, why? What did you say to him? Nothing you haven't said. And then David snaps and sends her to her room. And Charlie... Yeah. And Charlie says, like, but I... Ha-, or Gab says, but I haven't had any dinner. Mm-hmm. Getting the impression, like, this is the first time this child's ever actually been punished. Yes. And this was important because at first I thought, oh, she's lying. David never said this stuff about his best friend. Yeah. But then, like, they confirm in this scene, it's nothing you didn't say yourself. So, David is a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> like... You don't say that stuff about your mates, even if you are behind closed doors. I don't. Do you say stuff about me? <laughs> Sorry. I've had a beer and a tequila shot. Well, um, Oh, yeah, and then we do have that Lydia is financially covering for Charlie out of her savings. Yes. So, so then we get back to Sarah and David's house. Gab... Wanders downstairs into the fridge because she went to bed with no dinner. Mm-hmm. And Sarah catches her. And Gab says, like, what does precocious mean? And oh, because they kept calling. Gabby kept saying she's precocious. She's not bitchy. Yeah. And, and it's because she didn't. She is parroting back a word she heard. Yeah. Somebody called Gab's precocious in a news article once. Mm-hmm. And she apologizes kind of half-assedly about ruining the party. And Sarah makes her a sandwich, and Gabs goes like, Charlie's cool, and I feel really bad. And she goes, good. Feeling bad means you're not a sociopath. And then yes. there's like a too long moment. I hate this scene. Because my notes just say in big letters, I don't buy this scene. This scene is completely unearned. Because basically what they realized is they wrote themselves into a corner that they made every single person unlikable. That they're trying to undo it in the last two minutes of the show. Yeah. They're desperately trying to be like, let's put some shine on these people so that they can people will think they can be redeemed. Yeah. They can't. They all suck. Let's get into episode three. See how we're doing about the show. The episode closes on Lydia and Dell screaming at each other as Charlie goes up to his room and listens to music. And as he's listening to music, his phone goes off, and it's David. Charlie looks at it, but does not answer the phone. And that's how the episode ends. Uh, I would have just let you end it there, but that is important that David does try to contact Charlie. Yeah. I don't care about their relationship. They both suck, so I don't care that they're not friends. So, episode three. uh, Gabs is waking up for her first day at at school. Mm -hmm. And there's a gift and a card from her Aunt Ostrid. Uh, Astrid is Sarah's manager. Mm-hmm. And it's a red backpack, and Gabs looks at it genuinely pleased. And it's something that will help her stand out in her little school uniform. And uh, so she is, like, really excited to go. And she thinks Sarah is going to drive her to school. And uh, 
Sara's already at work. Sara's in the studio working with a uh, ditzy pop star named Layla Valentine. Yes. Um, a song that's going to be the song of the summer. Yeah. Do we ever see her again no, beyond we, just throwing up in a trash can? We see her in this episode and that's it. Ugh. Like, they spend a lot of time establishing, like, Sara needs to work with this woman because she's, like, going to make this huge pop hit even though she's a drugged out mess. Yeah, like, she's on the level of fame, according to this, as, like, currently, like, an Olivia Rodrigo. Like, that level of, like, super big, famous pop star. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Olivia Rodrigo... Well, one, this was made two years before Olivia Rodrigo debuted, so this is not, nothing about her. Yeah. Uh, I was just trying to use her as a comparison of, like, uh, star quality. That's not a flattering comparison for poor Olivia Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. Apologies to Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> so, uh, Sara talks about, like, oh, I'm sorry, honey, I got held up at work, I can't leave yet. And Gab says, okay, make it worth it. And then Sara, like, unloads on her 11-year-old child about how hard she's working, and Gab just hangs up on her. Yeah. Because she's a little girl in her first day of school mm-hmm. in a different country. Yeah. And her mom is important. like, but I'm working really hard. Um, and so she, like, so she's worried and she asks, uh, David, like, I'll make friends, right? And David drops Gabs off at school. No. No, he does. Because then she turns to wish him luck. Oh, right. And he is gone. But there's just one small thing I want to point out here. Yeah. She, he offers to take her and Gabby says... Don't worry about it. Charlie got me a bus pass. Yeah. When? Uh, This is the next day, right? He quit. (laughs) Like, there was no point where it's like, I'm going to take you to my my home and we'll have foo-foo, but let me get you a bus pass first. No. Just the entire inclusion of that line is so stupid. And I was so pissed off. I, I don't mean to undermine the, the writing bit of, like, he drives off and doesn't say anything. But stupidity pisses me off. Right. I just, I wanted to point out the dad does drop mm. her off and immediately, like, runs. Uh, meanwhile, Dell, Lydia, and Charlie are working in a community garden for the B-plot. Yes! With, uh, like, underprivileged school children. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I'm a little hazy on the details there because it's not important. Yeah. It's definitely an excuse to get them in a location that's not the apartment. Does that make sense? Yes. So, uh, the first thing that happens is uh, Gabs runs into a student named B who runs the Politics Society and is talking. She's like, are you, uh, are you Labor or Tory? And it comes out that Gabs is American. She's like, well, you'd probably be more, it'd be more effective if you got Kim and Kanye to tweet about it. I can ask them. They're friends of the family. And B goes, you might be better suited for the drama club. Yeah. And then Gabs runs to the bathroom, calls her mom, who doesn't answer. And then a bunch of other girls go into the bathroom and talk a bunch of shit about a celebrity couple. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they're only together in public to save their image. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Gabs assumes it's about her parents and bursts out. And she goes, do you know who I am? And the same girl from earlier goes, yeah, we don't care. Yeah, we just don't care. And then uh, then we get the scene of Layla throwing up. Uh, Layla Valentine, the yeah. uh, pop star, 
she's an anxious mess. And she feels bad because she knows that, like, she knows it was Sara's kid's first day of school and that she's been so, uh, she's been so flaky in recording that she hasn't been able to, you know, make the recording happen. Right. And so she cries, throws up, and then goes, like, you're really nice when Sara comforts her. I have to go take a shit now. I hate her. I hate everything about this. I'm so upset in general during this whole part because I don't understand why Sara needs to be there. Like, I understand, like, she's a producer mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but she's got a team. Like, she could just be like, I will be back later. I am a friggin' superstar. Like, it's not like she's desperate for money. The idea in the show is she is a superstar. Yeah. Why is she holding this girl's hair? So, we then get to everyone's favorite thing in school. Gym class. Lacrosse. And it's girls playing lacrosse, which is like to establish that it's a wealthy school. Mm -hmm. And the gym teacher says like, to get fit like a beast, move like a beast. Let me hear you roar. And all the girls roar. And it's cute because it's a bunch of 11-year-old girls roaring. Roar. And Gabs then, like, mouths off to the gym teacher about how, like, lacrosse is not as important as the periodic table. Yes. And then they're like, okay, well, it's lacrosse time. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to the head teacher. And that shuts Gabs up enough to try to play lacrosse. And she goes, I really thought this would be more like Hogwarts. Yes. And then B has a line, we never see B again, and I'm so upset because this is her <laughs> last line, and I love it. Expect to fucking Patronum, Bellend. Now, at this point, I just want to point this out because I am trying to think if they were trying to establish something here, but they have all these Harry Potter references. Everyone in Gabby's school is dressed like a Slytherin. They're wearing like that green tie and green blazer. All the kids at the public gardens are dressed like Ravenclaws. And I was like, are they going to go somewhere with this? Because the Potter imagery is really strong. So, it's not Potter imagery. That's just what school children look like in England. I know. Like, that's just... Like, under- like, where do you think the costume designers from Harry Potter got that? I went to Catholic school for nine years. <laughs> like, trust me, I get it. But it felt like they, it, for like a rush of moments really push Harry Potter. Like, this is going to be a motif moving forward for this episode. Like, Gabby is this person displaced in this, like, world she doesn't understand. And then just nothing. <laughs> like, I'm desperately trying to make something out of this show, okay? Give me a, a, an attempt, because they sure didn't. So Gabs then na- nails the teacher in the boob with a lacrosse ball and gets sent to the head teacher as punishment. Despite the fact that it's pretty obviously an accident. Yeah! And so she gets sent to the head teacher, and she meets a boy there. And the boy is like, don't worry, this is your first offense. You're still in the rehabilitation phase. Uh, He puts super glue in the hand cream. But it also says that, like, his mom is sleeping with half the faculty, his dad donated a ton of money, and he himself is gay. So he's untouchable. And then... We see Gabs at the head teacher, and she's begging the head teacher not to call her parents. 
and David's phone rings. He doesn't get it. Sara's phone rings. She doesn't get it. And then when they can't reach either of her parents, she begins to cry. She's told to go join the drama club again. And then she begins to hyperventilate and have a panic attack. Yes. Which I really feel for the kid at this moment. Because, like, I was a kid who, like, at the merest idea of getting in trouble. Yeah. And, like, I want to stress this. She starts having a panic attack, and that's when the head teacher drops the line, why don't you join the drama club? And then she continues to have a panic attack. And then she's like, oh, this is for real. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Why must everyone suck? Why everyone has to suck in this show? No, like, the gym teacher's awful, the head teacher's awful, the pop star... We introduced four new characters, and their main quality is that they suck! I don't know, I liked the girl who ran the politics society. She's mean, but at least she's fun. You thought she was fun? Expecto effing Patronum Bellend. Wait! That's the same girl. That's the same girl. She sucks! I know, but I like... She sucks so much! God. Anyway. So then Charlie goes to pick her up. I don't know why they would have Charlie's number. Why does her school have Charlie's number? My guess was that was a number provided by Gabs. Unless, like, the emergency contact form was during the 24 hours he was her nanny. (laughs) Yeah, he was a nanny for a full day. And uh, Charlie doesn't really know if he's going to go pick her up. And then one of the school children goes... My dad never shows up for anything. You should go. (laughs) And Charlie's like, do you want me to like give you a hug? And the kid's like, no. (laughs) Which is, which is a fun bit. Like, I'm surprised that they didn't go further with that. Like I'm, since he gave like really good advice, I'm surprised like we didn't see him start magnifying ants afterwards because God forbid we have a character who doesn't suck. So... Uh, Charlie brings Gabs to the garden, but he, he kind of says like, your father used to have panic attacks and they're on the bus and Gabs is like leaning on Charlie crying and saying she wants her mom. Mm -hmm. I I feel like this is a thing that like, we can't really ignore of, there are a lot of times this like little girl is left with a guy who looks nothing like her crying in public. Yeah. That's a good point. Of, like, the fact that it's never... No one ever, like, looks at them like, should I be worried? Mm-hmm. But especially because she does kind of bring it up later. And it's taken not seriously. Uh, but this scene, I'm always like, wouldn't, like, someone else on the bus be concerned about this child? Um, and so he brings Gabs to the garden. Aunt Lydia doesn't want her there. And... Uh, Charlie kind of, like, makes fun of Lydia for, like, oh, what about forgiveness, Aunt Lydia? Because, like, she had been making comments about forgiving David. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Gabs then talks to Charlie and says, like, you know that stuff my dad said? He said he also said that when he got beat up for being posh, you saved him. Mm-hmm. And when I told him I told you, he told me off. And he's never, I've never been told off in my life. He's gutted about it. We both are. Is that an apology? Yep. It was the first time for everything. Un 
earned. And then... Uh, Charlie fixes Gabby with one conversation. Yeah. Unearned. There's no way that this is happening. And then uh, Hot Manny is calling Astrid, and we find out that's what uh, Charlie is in her phone. And uh, he goes like, can I speak to Sara? Sara realizes things have gone sideways and runs out, and Layla's like finally singing and recording, and that's when Sara runs out to go get her kid. Yeah, could you imagine if she had left during the puking and just dropped her kid off at school and then come back? Yeah. Just saying. Or if Gabs had known that maybe Sara wouldn't have her phone and called Astrid? Yeah, that's something that she'd never Since considered. Calling Astrid is apparently the way to get through. Like, I would think she would have her mom's manager's number for an emergency like this. Um, Gabs apologizes to Aunt Lydia. Sarah shows up and hugs Gabs, who comes clean about everything and apologizes. And then we see Dell, Lydia, and Charlie at a nearby pub playing pool. And then David comes in. He's like, I'm not here to cause trouble. And Aunt Lydia goes, I've heard that before. And you used my car as a brothel, (laughs) which is a great line. Yes, it is. David thanks Charlie, and they apologize, and Gabs comes in and goes like, have you two knobheads kissed and made up? And they take Charlie bowling, beg him to come back, and they say that, like, Gab having that panic attack at school is a wake-up call, and Sara goes, we're going to be better. And David goes, are we? And Noah yells, no, at no, the TV. No, we're not. And, like... I also want to just point out this one moment where he asked, like, Gabby, are we going to be cool? And they go to fist pound on it. And like a 1970s heel in the WWF, fakes her out and fixes his hair. Yeah, the Greek- Oh, like, God, really? Yeah, the, the Kaniki from Greece. Yes, yes, it's a 1950s reference. I mean, that movie didn't come out in the 1950s, but it's set in the 1950s. You understand. You're not talking about me behind my back, are you? Episode four. Uh, we open at the Charlie having a gig at a bougie outdoor party, but he has to read like an ad and he doesn't want to. Gabs is in the green room for some reason, whining like, oh, why can't I come out with you? Why don't you just chain me to the radiator? And he goes, there isn't one. Yes. But, like, she's a little girl, and he's an adult not blood-related to her. Like, that's... She makes a lot of comments about being taken against her will in this scene that would get someone to call the cops. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we see that the big bougie outdoor party is not Charlie's gig. He's really at a lame 90s throwback at a club. Yeah. And then... Uh, the audience is mad because they're not playing. He's not playing the spread love track. Yeah, that they want to. All they want to hear is his one song. Yeah, because it'd be like going to see. Uh, let's use their own example: going to see Chumbawamba, and yeah. it's their new stuff. Yeah, we're just gonna play our new stuff, and they don't play Tub Thump. I'm sober now. I'm not drinking anymore. Uh, then Gabs emerges in a hot dog costume and crowd surfs. Yes. But she also got Charlie a meeting with an agent named Dan Smith, who wants Charlie to rework love, uh, spread love, for a radio edit. Yes. 
He wants a remix of Spread Love. Meanwhile, we go back to that big bougie outdoor party gig and Sara is doing it and it's going amazing. Yes. Because we're seeing Sara be good at her job. Mm-hmm. Uh, she it should be noted that they learned nothing. They're immediately away from Gabby. <laughs> and then Sarah comes into the house and like the house where the party is, it's a hotel, I guess, like a big Chateau B&B. And David meets her with flowers and offers them a dirty weekend. Because mm-hmm. they learn nothing. And then Sarah's like, no, what about, what about Gabs? And uh, so Sarah calls Gabs, who plays right into it, mm-hmm. by uh, telling Charlie, because she's supposed to be asleep, telling Charlie to say like, oh, Gab says that there's no having a relationship with her if her parents don't have a good relationship with one another. Yeah. Like. Yeah, and I I want to point out that while this, like, phone conversation is happening... Charlie is driving. Charlie is driving a car and reading text messages that Gabby is feeding him, and he's on the phone. And he's holding the phone like one of those idiots... Yeah. That doesn't know that speakerphone works if you put the phone down. I don't know how they don't die. <laughs> then she hangs up the phone. David comes in and we see his ass. And Noah is... Yeah, vi- I've seen this man's ass now. I've seen this man's ass. My next note is Noah is VVV upset. Yeah. Um, And then we cut to the next morning and David is apologizing. Yes. Because he... Did not perform. He couldn't get it up. There are no stiffies in England, I think he says. He says uh, the dampness gets into everything in England. Yeah, so no one can get hard. David's from England, and we established that he's using someone's car as a brothel at one point. Yes. So clearly he at one point was able to. Uh, And then uh, Tommy, uh, Sara's sound engineer, is in the studio And she is not happy to see that Charlie and Gabs are in there. And Tommy looks at Gabs and says, I'll kill you in your sleep one day. (laughs) To an 11-year-old child. And Gabs shoots back, you wouldn't risk the haunting. Which is the best line in the show. And while Tommy and Charlie are working in the studio, Gabs sneaks out. And she meets Hunter, the boy from the previous episode, in an ice cream truck. And she's like, oh my god, you have an ice cream truck? And he's like, it's a cover. Yeah. I'm selling nitrous. It's ice cream cones with canisters of nitrous in the bottom. This kid is what, tops 13? Tops. (laughs) I know Gabs is 11. Yeah, upper limit, he's 14. Yeah. Um, During this, uh, there's a yoga class and David calls Sarah out because she's recording everyone going because she thinks it's going to sound really good in a track. This is so stupid. And then the two of them get into an argument and she says something about commitment and then he yells, you cheated first. Yeah. And apparently they've both cheated. They both cheated. They're bad parents. So my next one sucks. My next one is, so they're not even good to each other. No, there's nothing good about these people. Um, Maybe Sara is a good DJ, but every time she DJs, she plays the same drum loop from your iPhone. And 
Meanwhile, Charlie's trying to work on his track, but he's so analog and Tommy is frustrated with him because she's, you know, digital and current. And Dell shows up just to take Tommy home for some reason. I don't know why Dell's there. Yeah, and to he brought something for Charlie. And then he takes Tommy home for some reason. Yeah. Despite the fact that Tommy is well off enough that she'd have a car or a way to get home. Yeah, I don't understand any of this. So then Astrid rolls up, offers Charlie a joint and sex in the sauna. He accepts. Gavin Hunter realized that Charlie is not in the studio. She catches them in the sauna. He calls her out for sneaking out. And then Gabs and Charlie agree on a pact of silence. Pact of silence? And then... Gabs walks away and Hunter's like, you guys were having sex. (laughs) Yo. And everyone laughs. Yeah. So then Sara calls Astrid and begs for girl talk. And we find out that over the summer, Sara has gotten offered a six week residency in Ibiza, which is a big party town in Spain. Yes. And then after she gets off the phone, David gives her an olive branch. And then his agent calls and David throws his phone and kind of says, like, I'm going to try to commit to this. Yes. We will not see him try after this. Then we get, like, a decent moment where uh, Gabs has posted Charlie's old video on Insta. Yes. And her followers like it. And she kind of uses this to kind of, like, buoy Charlie's faith. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, uh, it's like kind of a nice moment. And then Gabs is in the studio with Charlie. Yes. David and Sara come in and they kind of just like look and they kind of like look in like, oh, how cute. And Sara asks to hear the track and it's clearly something she can work with. Mm -hmm. And then Sara's like, hey, Gabs, would you like to come to my gig tonight? And... Gabs is like, no, I'm going to stay here. We have work to do. Yeah. And Sara's upset. Yes. This is nine layers of ridiculous. You mean to tell me Sara's upset because Gabby chose to be in the studio instead of with her? The thing she's done 900 times? We find out that David is being offered a three-picture deal, but he would have to move out of London. He'd have to go back to L.A. Mm-hmm. And then Sara goes up to uh, Gabs's room and Gabs has a thing on the door that says, do not disturb trying on bras, which is like a very 11 year old girl thing to do. Mm-hmm. And she looks at Gabs's bulletin board in her room and it's a picture of pictures of Gabs and Charlie and pictures of Gabs and Hunter. But, but no the, pictures of mom. But the pictures of her and her parents have been taken off the bulletin board. Gabs is 11. Yeah. Like, when you're hitting middle school like that, like, that's when you start having pictures of you and your friends on your board instead of family pictures. Like, that's kind of a natural part of life. Because, like, I remember the pictures I used to have up on my childhood bulletin board, and it was, like, pictures of my friends and I in our doofy little play practice. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't necessarily, maybe it was some pictures from a family vacation, but usually not. Yeah. So... That's how that episode ends. Yeah. I want to stress this because it's unclear. In this episode, Gabby meets with this radio manager 
to talk to Charlie and asked Charlie to send him a remix of his hit song, Spread Love. Yeah. They work on it the whole episode and do not finish it and do not send it to him. Right. Episode five. All right. Can I take over? Sure. So this is the episode where (laughs) we see David doing a play. Now, my brain refused to accept the knowledge that he was playing Stanley in A Streetcar Named Desire. For those of you at home, uh, Stanley is the role that iconically was played by Marlon Brando. Mm -hmm. He's a symbol of toxic masculinity, virility. The idea that they would take... This guy to play Stanley is insane. I'm trying to come up with an equivalent actor to compare this to. The one that keeps popping up in my brain is, what's his name? Redfield? The guy from uh, Bilbo Baggins. Martin Freeman. Freeman? Is that his name? Yes, it is. Just like this little British guy. Because I kind of thought of like Tom Hiddleston. Maybe Tom Hiddleston, but older. Like, David looks older. Yeah. Like, he's graying. He looks old. The idea of a British person playing Stanley is insanity. Just right off the bat. (laughs) Excuse me, Stella. No. 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 So, as soon as I saw him playing Stanley, I was like, this is ridiculous. And I thought maybe it was ridiculous on purpose. My brain also refused to accept the information that we're supposed to buy David as an action star. He's like, we got to get you back driving cars and shooting guns. I was like, he is? Because he he wants to hold out for a more prestigious offer. He wants like an Oscar bait movie. Yeah, that's what he claims, which is ridiculous. So first off, this is like if in England they were like, we're doing a streetcar named Desire, and we are going to have Stanley played by Jason Statham. Ridiculous. Two... I honestly think Jason Statham would do a better job. Oh, anyone can... I can do a better job than this guy! Anyone can! Sorry. The line his agent says is, there is a perfect superhero franchise... For you. Now, he says franchise, which means multi-picture. Which means he is either playing the main villain or the superhero. I challenge you to name a superhero this guy could play. Can you think of one? Can you? Can you think of one? Were they making a movie out of Lord Bravery from the Freakazoid cartoons? Because that's the best I could do. Uh, I mean, maybe Knight in Knight and Squire? No. No. Knight is supposed to be British Batman. How dare you? I'm going to ruin your whole fucking day. I don't... I want you to know how upset I already am. About covering this show. And I drank beer and tequila a moment ago. The idea that you're going to upset me more? 
blows my mind. Are you familiar with the Marvel superhero Union Jack? As he appeared in Captain America, the first Avenger, James Montgomery Fallsworth, as played by J.J. Field, the actor who plays David. In turn of, where are you going? No! Charles Guyette in the film Professor Marsden and the Wonder Woman, who is uh, known as the G-String King, the first person in the United States to produce and distribute fetish art. I want you to know this is a shoot. I got up and I left. I'm very upset. Okay, so anyway, after his opening night, uh, Gabs and David have a daddy-daughter day planned. Sara is trying to decide if they're going to go to Ibiza. Astrid mentions she's sleeping with someone. Uh, then we see the after party. Aunt Lydia is there for some reason, stealing appetizers and putting them in a Tupperware. And Gabs keeps trying to filch some champagne. Meanwhile, the actress who played Blanche Dubois, a girl named Grace, comes in and there's huge applause that there was not for David. And the next morning, they get the reviews. It takes a huge leap of faith to watch David Hartley as virile and threatening Stanley. So he canonically sucks in the role. Yeah. So he, he also reality sucks in this role. Um, and his parents are supposed to come to the play that night. And he's terrified. Meanwhile, uh, Gabs brings coffee for her mother and a green juice for David. And she's like, I can't wait for our day together. And it's very earnest and very sweet. David is staring at the review and doesn't respond. Yes. And Sara kind of like punches him. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Alicia comes to Charlie's apartment and demands that Charlie's parents stop sending gifts. She's marrying someone else. Right. And... Because this ex-girlfriend is a character, sort of. Yeah. Like, this is such a dropped plot line. So... Uh, Gabs and David are having their daddy-daughter day. They're eating outside in Camden. Uh, Gabs calls him a cool dad. And she kind of plays him off Sara by being like, you know, everyone says Sara's in charge, but your parenting decisions are just as valid. And swindles her father into letting her get a belly button piercing. Yes. She is 11. She is 11. She gets a belly button piercing. (sighs) So they're on the London Eye and... David is still looking at his review and obsessing over his review. And then Gabs, like, texts him, stop looking at it. Yes. So that it pops up on his phone that he's staring at. She hypes up her dad, tells dad, her dad about Hunter. And then we kind of establish that, like, the dad is also kind of jealous of Charlie. Yeah. And it's... I have a thing of, like, man, Sara and David sure should raise their kid if they want to suddenly be jealous. I mean, it's kind of like if... You were staring at a guy eating pizza and being, and you were really hungry. And you're like, man, I wish that I had some of that pizza. And then he went, do you want some? And he's like, no, too busy. Mm, he's got my pizza, though. So I have a slice. No, I'm too busy. 
Like, the answer is right there. Uh, I want to point out, because I got there before Lara did. Yeah. My spider senses go off when I notice Gab's in white pants. Young women in white pants is kind of like when the old guy coughs in the movie and you're like, oh, he's going to die. I mean, women in white in general. Yeah, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I know where this is going. And she suddenly doubles over and her stomach hurts. And then I go, oh, shit, it's her period. Yes. With, alone with her dad on the London Eye, which, like, you can't imagine a worse place. Yeah, like, oh. And so they're trapped in the London Eye and... When they finally do get off the London Eye, because nothing else really happens while they're on the London Eye. It's just to establish how long they have to be up there. Uh, oh, they, they call Sara, and Sara's like, just go to a pharmacy. Yeah. Like, any pharmacy can help. So they go, and David buys her a menstrual cup <laughs> and tampons. And those are, like, a little upper level... For a scared young girl having her first period? Yeah, I'm going to be real. I don't know what a menstrual cup is. I I, I just don't. <laughs> I don't think that would be a thing I would venture in purchasing. I, it's definitely not something for a little girl having her first period who's not at home. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not home. You want to just take care of the problem quickly. Mm-hmm. And so he's standing there trying to yell, instruct tampon instructions from the package through the door at her. Yeah. And then a woman comes out of another stall and looks at him funny. My daughter's having her first period. Right. And you think it's okay to shout tampon instructions at her? All she needs is a sanitary towel, love. And she hands him a sanitary napkin that she just has with her because Mm -hmm. women often do just have them. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've noticed this is one of the the best things about women is we are usually very open handed with our spares. Mm-hmm. Of uh, yes, like, yeah, you will you will always you pay help. it forward. Yeah, you will always help someone out in hopes that if you ever need it, someone would help you. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, then Sara bursts into the public park bathroom, takes the pad, and Gabs is in the bathroom crying that she ruined the day with her period. And Sara's like, "No, you didn't ruin anything. Here you go." And Charlie and David are outside. Mm-hmm. And David is trying to, like, leave because he has to go to a surprise... He has to go to a, like, cleanup rehearsal because the show is not getting good reviews. And David then kind of snaps because Charlie's like, you have to step up as a dad. You don't want to miss Gab's life because you're working. Mm-hmm. So they get home. Lydia calls Gab's to welcome her to womanhood. Which is such a relatable moment. Yes. Like, you always have that older female relative or, like, family friend who just feels the need to make a big deal out of a thing that... I, I, I need you to understand how crappy the first day of your first period is. I'm, I'm sure it is, and I'm sure I will never fully comprehend that. That being said, one thing I will always giggle at is the slang used... For a period without saying period. Oh yeah, the red badge of courage. I thought it was so funny that you called it that. <laughs> I was like, that made and it made sense. And I was like, wow, Lydia's a good person. It's 
great to have a good person on this show. Yeah, it's a, I mean, that's very much like everybody has something different, they call it. Yeah. So, uh, David is upset about, you know, okay, like, I, w- I wanted to show you the sights. And she's like, I have all summer to drag you around. And Sara's like, can I come too? And Gabs goes, okay. Gabs and Sara are watching a movie in bed. And Gabs asks if Hunter can come to the Latitude Festival where Sara is playing. And tries to the same line of like, you know, your parenting decisions are just as valid as Dad's. And Sara goes, is that the line you used on him to get your belly button piercing? Yes. This was a great way to establish she's a better parent. Yes. Even though they both suck. But then Sara does text her manager and says, I'm staying in London this summer with Gabs. Right. So Sarah makes a career sacrifice for Gabs. Mm-hmm. So she is, at this point, the better parent. Uh, it's the next night of David's play. People applaud for David, but they pl- they applaud a lot more for the actress playing Blanche. Yes. And then we meet David's dad, and he's awful. Can, can I just point out, Blanche is the star. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, of course they are. That'd be like if you were playing Stella, and you're like, man... Everyone sure likes Blanche and Stanley more than me. I mean, to put it into a different perspective in case you're not familiar with the play, it's like if you were playing the Scarecrow. And you're like, they clap more for Dorothy. It's like, yeah, of course they do. He meets with his dad. His dad's terrible. His dad's terrible. He calls it halftime. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of uh, intermission. Well, and they call it the interval there. Oh, the interval, yes. And then he says, You think so? There was only two stars on that stage tonight, and that was the girl's tits. I was like, Whoa! Like, I thought it was bad when uh, Jim Shannon left his daughter's play midway through in Terra Nova. This is a whole new level of bad dad. <laughs> So David apologizes to Charlie and he thinks he's going to take the movie franchise because he wanted to prove he was an actor. Yeah. But this play proved he was not. No, he is not. Episode six, my first note. Oh, we're still watching this, huh? Yes. I will say this is the best episode. Uh, they're at, this whole episode takes place at Latitude. Yes. Uh, Latitude is uh, a Coachella type thing. And David is not in this episode. Yeah. It's uh, the best episode. Sara can't light the campfire. Charlie lights it while Sara is like making fun of Gab. Hunter is with them. Uh, and they get the fire burning and then they go on their cart somewhere else. While the fire is fully burning. <laughs> yeah, they set a fire and they're like, all right, fire started. Let's go. And then they're like, okay, well, let's go do arts and crafts. Because they're trying to find something kid appropriate for the kids to do. Yes. And meanwhile, Hunter and Gabs are literally the worst age for this. Yeah. They're too young to do most of it and too old for anything labeled kids. Yes. And Gabs is like, the British are so effing odd. And I was like... You know what Coachella is. Yeah. Like, this is essentially Coachella. And she and Hunter make little arts and crafts mugs that that say this and sucks. Yes. And it's cute. Like, it's such a middle schooler thing to do. Mm -hmm. But then Sara tells Charlie to take the day off. 
and like schmooze. And she's going to watch the kids because she feels yes. very threatened as a parent at this point. And they see that a kid their age has a beer. And then the kid their age has a press pass. So Hunter and Gab run off to the press cart. And Hunter uh, uses like wokeism yes. to bully the staffer into giving him a press badge. Yes. I don't know how woke you are, but just in case we're not up to speed, if I identify as that guy and she identifies as my 25-year-old manager, then by God, aka Beyonce, that is who we are. And if you have a problem with that, then we'll go to the nearest journalist, which is, oh, wait, all over the fucking place, and tell them that you're a fascist, backwards-looking, freedom-hating, Nazi sympathizer. He's also gay. That's right. So give us the passes, you homophobe. Who's press badge? Uh, Archie. Yes, Archie cannot escape Riverdale, can I? <laughs> oh, I think he, the real Archie's even a redhead. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Astrid and Charlie are flirting a little bit. Sara's panicking and gets a text from Gabs and Hunter that says, catch us if you can. Yeah, so this is kind of like nice. This is kind of like... Unless you're Sara, we're lost hiding. Well, when she gets the text that is like, <laughs> catch us if you can... She know she's in communication with her kids. Yeah, she knows the kids are. It's Hunter's not hers, but the kids are safe. Yeah. and playing, and then it's a game of come find me. There's like this idea of if we got into trouble, I would actually let you know. Yeah. So like this is all kind of like fun slice of life coolness. Yeah. So like I kind of dig all the stuff that happens here. And then uh, Gabs pretends to take a phone call in the press room about a secret Beyonce gig in the in the far forest. Yes. Which provides Hunter to the cover to steal a bunch of alcohol. Yeah, they steal a bunch of... Champagne. Uh, champagne. And there's a fun little moment where uh, they have a champagne fight. Mm-hmm. And they're laying in the grass and Gabs is like, I'm really happy you're my friend. And Hunter reciprocates that friendship. Yeah. And I'm remind and at this point I'm reminded of like, oh, he establishes that he's gay immediately, so that we kind of have this as a friendship and not a romance. Right. Um uh Charlie and Astrid flirt and Astrid kind of goads Charlie into taking her on like a date. Mm-hmm. So they're watching a tasteful ballet performance, but then Charlie and Astrid are like horny and disruptive. Yes. And then meanwhile, the real Archie is at the press thing screaming at the guy. Yeah. Because Archie was supposed to give a talk. Yeah, Archie's an author. And he was going to give this, like, speech about his book. Meanwhile, then we see Hunter giving <laughs> Hunter's a talk. Hunter's giving it. And he's like, yeah, I found out I was a chronic masturbator. And they're like, <laughs> why do you look so different in person? Turns out that's a side effect of being a huge wanker. You lose all your hair. <laughs> like, I'm laughing. Like, I enjoyed this episode. And then Sara and Charlie, or Sara sees them briefly, but then Hunter and Gabs run away in time. Yeah. Because Hunter actually uses Sara as a diversion. He goes, isn't that the famous DJ Sara Crane? Mm-hmm. When everyone turns to Sara, they run. Charlie then suggests getting high. And Sara's like, really? <laughs> and he's like, no, like high ground. We know Gabs is in a pink wig. Yeah. Gabs and Hunter are dancing at a little rave in the woods. Hunter sees a boy, makes out with him, and then Gabs gets knocked down, loses her wig and her phone. Yes. Uh, 
I actually have a note here. Oh, thank God we're getting a new song. Yeah. Because every all the music sounded identical in this show. It was the same, like like I said, an Apple phone loop yeah. that you hear over and over again. But in this, it's just eat, sleep, rave, repeat. Eat, sleep, rave, repeat. So I'm guessing this was Brock Lesnar's set. Meanwhile, Sarah falls and Charlie is wrapping her ankle and they have a good rapport. Yes. Astrid shows up and she's like, are you guys having sex? Yes. Like I used your tracking app to find you guys here. Yeah, because they didn't think to do that to Gabby. Yeah. And Sara now knows that Charlie's been sleeping with Astrid and she's totally cool with it. Mm -hmm. Because it'd be really weird if she wasn't. But basically Astrid is saying like, stop making it look like you're having sex. Because they're like flirty and too friendly with each other. Yeah, and it's... Bad for business, because Sara is supposed to be married to an actor. Well, I mean, she is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm saying, like, she's married to an actor, and it's a tabloid nightmare. hmm Especially if they find out, like, oh, and it's his best friend. They find, they use the tracking app on Gabs' phone, but they find her phone on the ground and panic. Then Charlie's like, okay, we're gonna go to your gig. And Sara's like, are you kidding me? We can't go to my gig. And Charlie goes, Gabs thinks you're gonna be there. If she's trying to get back to you, she's going to go to a place she thinks you'll be. Mm -hmm. And they get there. Gabs has lost her press badge, so they don't want to let her in. And then Sara's like, let her in. And Charlie's like, yeah, Sara, now you've got to name your next album. I love Charlie. (laughs) Uh, Hunter also is in trouble. But Sara's like, let him in too. And he faces no consequences for anything. No consequences for any of the things that were done. Uh, Sara goes on stage. Uh... Charlie begs forgiveness from Astrid, and as a thank you, Sara plays the Spread Love remix. Yes. Meanwhile, the skeezy manager from a couple episodes ago has offered uh, Charlie gigs in Ibiza. Yes. So apparently he comes back and is like, hey, I know you never sent me the thing that I asked you to do, but I still trust you to be someone I represent. Uh, Also, I hear that you're banging... Sarah Crane. And uh, her manager's like, let me go squash that rumor. And apparently just does. Yeah. Because that's never an issue again. Especially because then the last scene is that Sarah tucks in Gab. She wants a bedtime story. And Sarah is like, I'll take this one, Charlie. You, you can take the night off. Gab's wants her dad to be more like Charlie. So then Sarah and Charlie are outside of the tent. And Sarah goes... Here, you deserve parent juice more than David ever did. Mm -hmm. So, like, at this point, David has just been replaced in his own family? Yes. David has been replaced in his own family. And, like, I want to stress this, though. They set up that there is going to be a scandal. Yeah. That Charlie and Sarah are banging. Yeah. But that never happens. No, because the next episode... It it is so much of a non-issue that I don't know why it appears in the script. The next episode opens on a montage of Blurry. This is so confusing. It looks like Hardcore Henry, but with drugs. Yeah. And apparently what has happened is because Sara is such a famous DJ... The remix of Spread Love has blown up so much that he's a superstar again. 
Yeah, he's doing gigs in Ibiza. And he is, you know, kind of now doing... He's following the dream. Mm-hmm. But he wakes up in a gross party house. And, like, the accommodations aren't the best. He's not, like, living the five-star life. But he's living the three-star life. Yeah. And Tommy... The uh, graphics engineer from, like, what, episode two? Episode three, somewhere in there? has blown up. She has blown up. Charlie is supposed to open for her, and he has a tantrum. Yeah, because he has to show her graphics. Yeah, because he's leading into her set. Right. And he throws a tantrum. He and Del uh, have a huge fight over it, because this is apparently what undid Charlie's career the first time. Yeah. So 20 years and all of this ruin... And Charlie has learned nothing. The next Zero. time he gets a, the smallest taste of fame, he turns into being an egotistical D-bag. Mm-hmm. And so the, I, Charlie's I, supposed to have this meeting right after that. After he like kind of yeah. no-shows the set, Charlie's supposed to have a meeting. He's late and he doesn't have any new music. And this is like a big club mm-hmm. that like the manager pulled strings to get him this meeting. And the club manager is like, do you really think one Sarah Kane collab is going to get you through the whole summer? Yeah. Like, that he was going to clearly coast on one hit again. Mm-hmm. That's a remix of another one hit. Yeah. His other old hit. This is ridiculous. Yeah. We're supposed to honestly believe that this one hit wonder thought the way he was going to get back on top was by playing the same song. Yeah. He, like, it, we're supposed to believe it never occurred to him to make new music. Oh, wait a minute. He did a DJ set, set where he refused to play that song, implying there's other music. Did we forget? Did you, What has happened? All of this happened so fast, and all this does is establish that the person we were supposed to cheer for for three hours doesn't deserve a second chance because he sucks. And Gab, Sara, and Dave are in LA. Yeah. Like, this felt like this felt like the first episode of season two because it seemed like we missed a summer's worth of stuff happening. Yeah. Just, just out of nowhere, Charlie's a superstar. Well, and they're talking gone. about like closing weekend coming up. Yeah. So clearly, like, we are also at the end of the summer. This is a baffling decision by this show. Danny drops him as a client. How long will it take to get packed up? Seriously. You're checking me out. Thing is, bro, I work with dickheads. I need dickheads who work. And meanwhile, Tommy is blowing up. Charlie crashes her gig drunk. And Tommy's like, I don't, he's like, you've been stealing my gigs. And she's like, I don't need to steal your gigs. Yeah. You suck. The audience realizes it. Why don't you? And then his parents Skype him and they realize that Alicia has married someone else because they see a picture of her wedding on Facebook. He comes clean to his parents, but also outs Aunt Lydia as a lesbian. Yeah. Which, did we know that? Yes. (laughs) Um... The woman she's with at the after party for David's play oh, that makes is a lot her partner. Of sense now. Um, and 
He then calls Lydia to come clean to her. And she's like, oh, I know. My sister called me. And he's like, I really miss you. And he's like, and Lydia doesn't really say anything. Lydia's like, I don't miss your mess. I don't miss your music. Yeah. So Charlie's about to leave Ibiza in despair. Mm -hmm. And then he decides against it. He decides to hustle and begs Danny to come back. And Danny's like, okay, I can't get you top of the middle anymore. It's going to be like... Middle of the bottom, I think is what he says. I thought he was going to... Yeah, something like that. Or bottom of the middle. Yeah. Because he'd been getting top of the middle. Yeah. So he wasn't even like the biggest person in Ibiza. Mm -hmm. So we kind of see Charlie's going for a run. Gab's FaceTimes him. And in the background, Sarah and David are screaming at each other. Mm -hmm. Or excuse me, Sarah's on the phone screaming at David. We do not see David. Yeah, because David's off doing a movie thing. And so then uh, Charlie is doing this gig that he managed to get. That that Danny manages to get him. And it's a foam party. It's kind of like, quote, quote, beneath him. Right. But the gig is going well. And then we see two pink wigs approach him. Sarah Sarah and Gabs came to see him play. Yeah. Sarah Sarah got a huge closing weekend gig and takes it because Gabs missed Charlie. Yeah. And Sarah's like, I missed you too. Mm -hmm. And Charlie's like, I missed you guys. Mm -hmm. She then offers Charlie the opportunity to open for her Mm -hmm. and he doesn't take it because he's going to learn on his own this time. He's learned nothing. This is how showbiz works. It yeah. is all about who you know. Like, the idea that he'd be like, no, I'm too gallant. I don't want to use you. No. No. Like, the whole point is that... Do, do you think you got into a Judd Apatow movie because of your funniness? Or because you were friends with him? He only makes movies with eight people. Make friends! Use them! That's how it's a business! We're in the I last think, episode. I think the demon left my body on that one. We're in the last episode. Okay. We open on a conversation between Astrid and Charlie. Astrid really likes Charlie. Yes. Sara's marriage is miserable. Astrid is concerned. But Astrid wants to start working for Charlie instead because Sara wants to settle down and... Astrid wants to tour the world and still live a crazy life. And Gabs is kind of unhappy when she realizes that Charlie and Astrid are a thing. Uh, Astrid wants to go out and Charlie's like, no, I have this big gig tomorrow. I'm going to stay home and Mm -hmm. work. Then Sara shows up with a beer that she put Molly in and begs Charlie to get high with her. And yes, they do. peer pressure. And then they get really high together, which is weird. And I have, oh, this is such a boundary cross. And then they play Shag, Mary Kill. Yeah. With people they know personally. Yeah, which you don't. You don't do that. Like, you can play Shag, Mary Kill all you want. Yeah. But, like, if you're not creative enough to think of people outside of the room, you shouldn't be playing. So they play with... So... Sara says, play Shag, Mary Kill with me, Astrid, and David. Yeah. And uh, Charlie's like, well, I'd marry David. He's my best friend. I'd shag Astrid because of course I would. And then I'd kill you because you're competition. Yeah. 
Like, Charlie kind of tries to play it off. Mm-hmm. Great answer out of Charlie. And Charlie's like, I'd marry Astrid because she's the best person I know. And, well, I can't say I would shag you because that's against the rules. Yeah. And that's just a weird. Yeah, so that's she just how it ends. Sh- she shags her husband because she has to. Yeah, cool. And uh, the two of them pass out next to the pool. Yeah. David comes in with flowers and sees them asleep on the lounge next to the pool. And they're like not quite cuddling, mm-hmm. but like almost cuddling. The, yeah, it's... It's just a little bit further than two people that fell asleep on each other on the bus. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I nailed that. Like, if you were not married to one of them, if this was just two of your platonic friends, you'd be like, ah, Mm -hmm. cute. Yeah, they're cuddling less than Ross and Joey did when they fell asleep with each other. Yeah. And it's awkward and weird. And David's like, I don't want you to be too hungover for today. He didn't tell her he was coming. Yeah. He's like, oh, I have a big surprise for you today. And it's like, well, she could be as hungover as she wants because you didn't tell her you were coming. Yeah, it's a surprise. He has set up a whole wedding because they're not legally married. Also, Hunter is here for some reason. <laughs> None of this makes any sense. Hunter, who we have not seen last episode. So was he in the hotel? He just, was he off selling drugs? He like, arrives. He... he he drove David over in the ice cream truck. I guess. <laughs> and so they're having this, like, this, me- they're about to have this wedding and everything turns to crap. David confronts Sara for being infatuated with Charlie. Uh, they try to airbud Gabs and ask Gabs who she wants to go with. David then. <laughs> <laughs> they air- yeah, they airbud her. They-, they put her in the middle. They, they kind of do. They each clap at her. They don't clap at her, but they... Classic air butt. They emotionally air butt her. <laughs> <laughs> Everything comes out, including Astrid talking about quitting and managing Charlie. David then just announces they're moving to South Africa. Yeah, because I guess he's taken that uh, movie yeah. thing. And then they ask Gabs what she wants, and Gabs is like... Do, do, who cares what I want? Do any of you care what I want? Mm-hmm. She runs off. Everyone's freaking out. Everyone sucks. And Hunter's like, you should all be ashamed of yourselves. Except for Hunter. And he nails it. Well, and one other person. The officiant who's been standing here the whole time. <laughs> There's an officiant in this scene with no lines who never changes. She's just standing there to the point where like everyone's gone and she's still just there like, I mean, I, I still get paid for this, right? I mean, if she's not going to get paid, she could get paid by going to TMZ. Yeah. <laughs> like, Let me tell you what happened. Like, if she wasn't going to get paid, she could get paid. Yeah. Charlie takes Gabs for ice cream after David accuses Charlie of ruining his marriage. And Charlie's like, we didn't do anything. And he's like, that's not the only way you can ruin my marriage. And it's like, well, David, you ruined yeah. your marriage. You suck. Yeah, exactly. And so Charlie and Gabs go get ice cream and Charlie's like, I won't, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to tour with Astrid. Like I'm, I'll stay here. And Gab says, you shouldn't be giving up your dreams for me. He should. Yeah. And Charlie tells Gabs he loves her and like he has to go leave for his gig in 10 minutes. Sara and Charlie are alone together for a moment. Everyone's miserable. And... 
uh, especially David. And so Charlie goes and goes to his gig and Gabs goes up to her parents' room and Gabs is like, I want to stay in London. And David goes, okay, you should go live there with mom. Mm-hmm. Implying that they are separating. Yes. They break up off screen. Yeah. Why should we care about them? Meanwhile, Why? Gabs doesn't want to leave without saying goodbye to Charlie because like, Sarah's like, go get Hunter packed up. And I'm like, Hunter arrived this morning. Yeah. <laughs> he brought things. He put, um, he, he unpacked and put things in drawers. So, meanwhile, Hunter's only here because of this part. Yes. He has to steal a boat. He steals a speedboat. He steals a joint and a boat from Astrid. And they go to Charlie's gig. Charlie is at the gig with Astrid. And he's like, I choose you. I choose Biza. Like, this is the life I want. Gab and Hunter show up at the end of Charlie's set. And then Hunter's like, hey, can you take me to the bar to Astrid? And she's like, okay. Yes, child. And the whole point here is this is going to be Gabby begging Charlie to stay. Yeah. And then Gabby has a moment of maturity where she realizes Charlie's living his dream and kind of just lets him go. So instead of begging, she's like, I'm proud of you. I'm so happy for you. And they're like, let's go dance. And then they dance. And then the show ends. Forever. Yep. Yep. Uh, this was canceled in April 2020 during the, like, mass cancellations Netflix did. Right. When they were trying to recover from, uh, it sounds weird to be like, back in April 2020 when everyone was reacting to COVID. Uh, meanwhile, we're on, like, what, third lockdown? Yeah. Um, so, uh, this was in that group of cancellations. That makes sense. This seemed expensive. Yeah, like- I mean, they had the last... Two episodes in Ibiza. Yeah. Like, I'm sure Elba's expensive. I mean, it's his show, but still. Yeah, like, it does have a small core cast of really, it's like Charlie, Gabrielle, Sara, David, Lydia, Astrid. But every single episode has a DJ set scene with at least 100 extras. Yes. (laughs) So... I'm sure that that took time and money. Uh, Do you have any fun trivia? I really don't. Um, This show kind of, like, this show didn't make much of a splash. Um, It came out in March 2019. So the fact that, like, it didn't get canceled until 2020 tells you, like, they didn't really rush season two into production. No. And it just... It didn't get, like, great reviews. There were people who did enjoy it. Like, it didn't get, like... Who? I want a list of names. Oh, my God. I want to look up what the Rotten Tomatoes score was. <laughs> it, it did sound like you were pulling it up. Like, I'll get you that. Uh, it has a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. It had an audience score of 89. Ugh. Out of 1,000? But... Yeah, it's poor writing and predictable plot twists dampen Turn Up Charlie's fun premise, but those looking for a breezy sitcom starring the perennially cool Idris Elba may find themselves tapping along to its good-natured beats. No. Yeah, don't it's... Li- don't listen to that, man. <laughs> yeah, it's not... It's rough. Ah. Uh, 
So is it verdict time then? Yep. Did you like the show now? You know, I've I've uh, I freaked out at least six times during yeah. this episode, which I kind of promised myself I wouldn't do, but here we are. Um, I will say that the best episode is episode six, which I did truly enjoy. And like that episode really showed the potential that these characters have. And like by episode six, they're kind of finding it. Yeah. And by the end of episode eight, like Gabby's more mature and we're getting rid of David. I'm going to give this a stay tuned. What? I'm lying! (laughs) This was terrible! Everyone sucks! Everyone sucks in this! Everything sucks! And I hit that really hard because we almost did Everything Sucks instead of this show? And man, do I wish we had done that. I hate this show with a fiery passion. This was eight half hours. Mm -hmm. And dragged by while we had a great time watching 13 hours of Terra Nova. Like, it's insane how long this felt. It was poorly written characters doing predictable things that were neither funny nor dramatic over the same iTunes loop. Over and over and over again. What did the... Who is this for? Why is this? Why is Gamora? What did you think? Uh, I would give this a stay doomed. Just because it it was such a slog. It was a terrible slog. Um, Everyone was so... Like... The actors are doing the best they can with the material, but the material is rough. Are they doing the best that they can? I really feel like a lot of people slept through their roles. I feel like David only had one note. I think Sarah had compassionate and high. Those were her two emotions. Okay. Uh, Elle was okay in this, but like... I don't dislike him. Yeah. They worked so hard to make him seem washed up in this. Yeah. And old. There are so many times where I was like, he would be doing something and my thought was going to be, I wanted him to be James Bond. And he's doing this. Yeah. (laughs) You, you had this, you had David... Stand next to Elba and then try to convince us that David was the action star. Yeah. What are they doing? Like, I know making a television show is hard, but what was this? So where can people find us? <laughs> uh, be sure to join us next week where we will be watching Inhumans as voted on by our lovely patrons. Do you want to be a patron? Well, at the $5 level, you can vote on what we watch here on the show. And also, 
join us for fun bonus episodes called the Crowdfund Crypt. You can currently check out our recent Crowdfund Crypt quintessential episode, where we tell you what the quintessential episode of Community was. Where can people find us, Laura? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you want to talk to me about anything else, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. If you want to talk about how the most dangerous words in fiction are, I don't care what happens to these people, I'm at Bean Bunny Lives. Until next time, stay doomed. Stay doomed. He, he for real was in Captain America? Yes, he was. First Avenger, he played uh, James Montgomery Fallsworth, who was known in the Marvel Comics as Union Jack. I can't. I can't. I can't even explain how that really makes me feel. <laughs> I'm hot. Take the hoodie off. But, but like, I'm sitting by the window. We've turned the heat off for sound quality, and I'm, like, steaming.